0: You're listening to the Daily Missioner podcast with Benedict. OK, let's pick up where we left off yesterday. We're going to close out tonight the end of chapter nine and the law of removal, the law of getting food out of our house when it's no longer available in the um, in the fields. And by the way, I added to the source sheet near the beginning of chapter nine, the commentary of the Rambam of Maimonides on the second Mishnah, in which he explains the whole philosophy of the law of removal. So if you're in that part of the source sheet, it's well worth just having a look there. But what we're going to do tonight is to look at three Mishnayot, which close out the chapter and which have completely different topics. And I said before, by the way, that sometimes I find the structure of the Mishnah of Shavit very puzzling. And, you know, many Mishnah, many Masechtot, many tractates of the Mishnah are very, very highly structured and very carefully structured. Maybe this one is too. I find it hard to puzzle it out. I'm struck by the fact that this really, really important chapter, this ninth chapter, which deals with the law of removal, seems to end on three sort of very, very just almost randomly different ideas. The first is a list of things that happen until the second rain. So you remember that we closed out yesterday with the idea of collecting dry herbs from the fields. And we asked, well, OK, how long could we keep him in the house? And we said until the second reign of the eighth year, until the middle of Marcheshvan of Cheshvan. And the Mishnah is going to go on with a whole bunch of other things that happen until the second reign, almost by association. And it will actually come back to Shvi'it right at the end of the Mishnah. So that's the first area that the Mishnah is going to address. The second, and this really is the core of the chapter. I wonder whether originally this might not have been the closing Mishnah in the chapter. Very often the last Mishnah in a chapter is the most significant. And it's interesting, the penultimate, the second to last Mishnah in this chapter really talks about how we carry out the law of removal. It's as if this Mishnah, this penultimate Mishnah might be the very heart of the chapter. And finally, the Mishnah investigates, and this is the last Mishnah in the chapter. But it seems to be not related to removal at all. It investigates what happens if you're given, or if you inherit seventh-year produce. And it's not clear, by the way, from the context of the Mishnah. And commentators disagree as to whether you inherit, whether you come into possession of this produce before or after the time of removal. And we'll, we need to read the Mishnah both ways. And then the chapter will close with a fundamental question about taking challah from seventh year dough. So it comes back to a fundamental issue of uh, shivit, but not particularly one related to removal. So that is really the plan for tonight, to zip rapidly through three completely different topics, which between them, close out the ninth chapter of the Mishnah of Shavid. So let's start with the second reign. And remember, where we closed off yesterday afternoon was that we can gather... Um, moist herbs until the moisture dries up but dry herbs until the second rainfall and we learned from the Gemara in Ta'anit that the second rainfall is somewhere around the middle of of Cheshvan okay we might disagree exactly when in Cheshvan but it's somewhere around Cheshvan and that makes sense to us right because we know if we're in the land of Israel then the rain might be falling around kind of the time of Cheshvan and the Mishnah now is going to ask, OK, along similar lines, what if you rent a house to someone until the rains? When is that? And the Mishnah answers, "Ad until the second rainfall. Or if you made a vow not to derive any benefit from your friend until the rains. Well, when is that? Until the second rainfall. And until when may poor people enter orchards to pick? And by the way, the Rambam makes clear, we're talking here about ordinary years, years one to six, this is not the seventh year. So poor people are coming into the orchards to take their pear and their leket to take the ordinary gatherings that they're entitled to through the, through, you know, years one to six. Until when can they enter the orchards? Ad sh'tered rivyashni until the second rainfall. And now and then the Mishnah almost it's it's almost like an arc. It's almost like an arc of poetry is gonna come back to Shavit. And when Me'ematai, this is now not Ad Ematai, not until when, but Me Matai. So you can see if you like the Mishnah has gone off on its little discursus. And, OK, the Mishnah does this sometimes, sometimes by association. It just brings in a whole range of ideas. And now it's coming back to its roots. May a matai. From when? Now we've already talked. When, from when can one begin to enjoy or burn straw and stubble? We have already talked, by the way, about burning straw and stubble for it to heat up a bath. Yeah. And we know we can't do that. Or it's a boundary case anyway, because shavit, produce, is for eating. And if it's not eating for humans, it's eating for animals. And we can't just destroy stuff that animals can eat. Even though maybe heating up bath is a boundary case because it's close to anointing. But it's a boundary case. We don't do it. Or at least someone who considers himself... A, a sort of a serious person doesn't do it remember that's how we closed off the discussion someone who takes himself seriously wouldn't take a bath in water heated with with seventh-year stubble but now the Mishnah is going to say when can we do this so we're in the eighth year now we're at the beginning of the eighth year and this straw and stubble is damp and horrible it's disgusting it's at a point that it's no good even to the animals. And remember, we learned the principle that our, uh, if you like, the Kedushah of um, Seventh-year produce is related to what the, whether the animals are eating it in the field. And if the animals can no longer eat it, then we can burn it. So that's the first of these three ideas that Mishnah is going to bring. I'm going to rush on because there are two more ideas. So the, the Mishnah goes on. And this is the essence now of the law of removal. So this, I mean, I don't know, it always felt to me like this should be the end point of, of the chapter. So the time of removal has come, right? And we've talked a lot about when this time of removal is, and it depends on local geography, it depends on local plants, it depends on what's available. Okay, the time has come. What do you do? mazon sudot. You you go to everyone in your house and you give them enough food for three meals. You're allowed to keep food for three meals. Everything else has to go out in the field. You can keep for three meals. And Rabbi Yehuda says, Now you asked about this a couple of weeks, uh, about one week ago, I think. Rabbi Yehuda says, the poor can eat from it in the field after removal and not the rich. It's redistributive. And Rabbi Yossi disagrees. He says, no, it's, um, Rabbi Yossi says, poor people and rich people are equal. Everybody's... Um, you know rich and, and it's very interesting so in this particular case rich people and poor people are equal they can both share it's ownerless this produce everybody can share in the produce that is out in the fields after or after the removal so and yeah you can see why it feels like this should be the end of the chapter but the chapter doesn't stop there it goes on Really another boundary case. Someone who inherited. So you haven't gone out and acquired these 70 um, year produces for money, but you've got them now. What are you going to do? And the mission is not quite clear, by the way, from the context or from the commentators, whether this is before or after the removal time. So we, let's just try to keep both in mind. So Rabbi Eliezer says, you have to just give them away. And the, um, you have to just give them away. And the sages come back and say, you can't let the sinner benefit. What are we talking about here? And certainly after the biur, the person you give the food to can't take possession of it. So, and if you're following Beit Shammai, that you're not allowed to um, you're not allowed to eat seventh year produce as a favor this is the line that the rambam takes by the way if you follow Beit Shammai remember we learned from Beit Shammai you can't eat seventh year produce as a uh, with permission so to speak if you're taking seventh year produce with permission of the inheritor you're taking that You can't, well, according to Beit Shammai, you can't do that. And Rambam actually says, Look, Rabbi Eliezer, um, Rambam actually says Rabbi Eliezer follows Beit Shammai. So, but anyway, so the sages say, Okay, the they don't get benefit from it because they pay for the, the, the 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 they pay for the uh the 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 seventh year produce and then the person that sold it and the person that inherited the money could just give the money away to charity so everybody agrees that everybody agrees that if you inherit seventh year produce you can't benefit from it the question is how you're going to do that are you going to give away the produce or are you going to sell it and give away the money and then the mishnah closes with something which well this is a fundamental principle Ha If you eat from the dough of Shev'it, without taking challah, it's quite a serious place. It's quite a serious place to end the, the, the Mishnah. Now we know that seventh-year produce is not liable for truma and maser. So ordinary tithes are not taken from seventh-year produce. But challah is liable. It's a really interesting concept. A seventh year wheat, if you grind it up, is liable to challah. And we know this is not, you know, punishment by human court, but there is an idea that someone who doesn't take challah is liable to death at the hands of heaven. So this is something about the sanctity of. Gosh, it's something about the sanctity of the mitzvah of challah, which we're bringing in. In the middle of the sanctity of the, uh, the sanctity of the food of the seventh year. And that's how we're going to close the ninth chapter. And I've actually gone over time a bit, so I apologise. But this is this is complicated stuff and very diverse. But I will stop talking now and take any questions. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.